calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello, and welcome to this episode of our Take 15 series. I'm Ed Bass of CFA Institute. We're here in Copenhagen at our third annual European Investment Conference. And today we're joined by Matt King, Managing Director and Global Head of Credit Product Strategy at Citigroup. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Thanks very much. I'd like to start with our first question, which is around the recent rules and regulatory enhancements for banks in Europe. Basel III and um, European Banking Authority powers. In your view, does this change much for investors or credit markets? Yes, and not just in Europe, but also globally. There are probably three or four main effects. The, The first and the obvious one is lower returns on equity for banks going forward. Uh, you'll be looking at numbers much lower than the nearly 20% that the investment banks were reaching before uh, the crisis because the banks have to hold much more equity, and that's expressly designed into into the rules. And it should make the world, uh, in theory, a more stable place, but it's not particularly good news if you're a bank equity investor. The second effect is for credit investors, which is that the other forms of bank capital are changing very, very substantially, And effectively, as we see it, although all of the existing capital effectively ends up being relatively good value, it ends up being good value because it's going to be largely useless going forward. It won't count as capital and will need to be replaced with new types of notes, probably similar to the sort of cocoa structure, but with a different strike point that that Lloyd's used. And there's a big question mark over the prices at which banks will be able to issue these going forward and the sheer quantity which ideally investors need to absorb, but whether there will be appetite from credit investors in particular is very much open to question. The third effect has to do with market liquidity, uh, which is that because the liquidity costs for banks are being hiked up very considerably, so we fear that trading for investors will become harder in things like corporate bonds, um, as simply, again, banks need to Uh, adopt longer-term funding and more expensive forms of funding and capital to finance these activities, and that will make the markets less liquid than they have been in the past. Finally, there's also an effect on consumers, which is that as banks try to cope with all of these higher capital costs, it is inevitable that they will pass on some of that cost to consumers. And so if you like, the gap between base rates and, say, mortgage rates and loan rates is likely to be higher than it was in uh, in the past. So large effects really across the board, and yet the trans and it's because of that that we have this extended transition period to ease some of the impact. But yes, very significant, and not just in Europe. Thanks. Um, looking at another section of the credit markets, a couple of years now after the failure of Lehman, how would you describe the landscape for structured products and, and securitization in Europe? The, the the silly comment that we make is that structured credit and securitized products remain a great thing to go and buy 
but we don't think very many people are going to go and do it. Um, again, you need to go through a massive change in who the investor base is, in particular for senior parts of the capital structure. So prior to Basel III, the main people who, and, and ironically the difficult bit is not the risky tranches, it's the safe tranches, it's, it's as I say, the senior end. So prior to, to Basel III, the main buyers of um, AAA tranches were basically banks, banks and conduits and other bank-like vehicles. Why? Because only they could get the leverage to turn a relatively low spread into an interesting return on equity. And post-crisis, the again, a, banks are adopting a leverage ratio globally, and this greatly restricts their ability to go and buy, either buy or provide leverage for other people to, to buy these safer parts of the capital structure and lever them up. And it's for this reason that, yes, we still think that the tougher ratings and everything else and have made the products an attractive thing for investors to, to hold in an uncertain world, but at the same time, it needs to be real money investors who are doing that, and that's going to come at the expense of, say, demand for things like corporate bonds. And we think that the flows will be relatively limited. And, of course, you can see that in the, in the relative lack of issuance. So, as I say, actually, they're one of our favorite products, because if it's a choice of leveraging up in corporate space and buying a riskier corporate, for example, or buying a relatively straightforward senior CLO tranche or senior... Uh, ABS tranche, then we would far rather be in those securitized products. But nevertheless, the not only the stigma, but also this lack of leverage and therefore the need for a new buyer base uh, is liable to curtail the amount of issuance. The only thing that may change that is as yields get lower and lower, so again, people having to look around more at the alternatives, and maybe that will cause real money to buy in more than they have been doing to date. Um, a more of a big picture question, what particular concerns do you have now about uh, credit and banking markets in Europe? Ironically, the major concern we have is not really to do with the banks or their capital base, it's to do with the governments. Uh, most obviously here in Europe, but even as a function of the global regulations, because all of the regulations, banks already have raised a lot of equity, banks already have, have delevered a lot, and yet all of the regulations are driving them to hold more government bonds because government bonds are defined to be the only risk-free asset and the only perfectly liquid uh, asset aside from cash. And as such, banks have been increasing their holdings of government bonds. And as they try and pick up spread, government bonds in particular are peripheral governments in the euro area, which are the higher yielding ones. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to sell 10 or 15 or 20 million of peripheral government bonds at the same time as everyone else is trying to do so, but they are not perfectly liquid and they are not risk-free. And our fear is that because of the lack of sustainability of the sovereign debt situation generally, that it's not really, it's always, again, you know the next crisis will be in a different place from the previous one, and it's not so much that banks fall over of their own accord, it's that governments fall over and then take their banks with them. What do you see as a likely outcome for the credit default swaps market in terms of their function and regulation? Most of what is happening is that you are moving uh, most of the trading to clearing houses and this will reduce some of the counterparty risk in the system and broadly speaking we're all in favour. What we are concerned about is two things. First, a change in the investor base, and then second, the uh, change in the liquidity. So previously, the main players in the CDS market were um, 
bank counterparty books doing hedging or buying protection, and then synthetic CDOs selling protection on the other hand. And even though the synthetic CDO market dried up a couple of years ago now, the CDOs which are still out there, nevertheless, through their hedging activity, have continued to provide liquidity to this market. As those CDOs mature, so actually we, and as banks need to do less counterparty hedging in part because stuff moves to uh, clearing houses, so we fear that liquidity will be quite significantly reduced. And likewise, as you move things towards central clearing and, and some stuff moves towards exchanges, what tends to, to happen is that, again, the synthetic CDOs were very good at spreading liquidity across a large number of names, and you won't, and in particular, they traded a lot in the small names, which they liked for diversification. And instead, what is happening is liquidity is becoming more and more concentrated on the biggest names. And likewise, as they move stuff towards clearing houses and exchanges, just the burden of moving things means that, again, you're likely to focus on a more limited number of names. And so while, again, a bit like securitization, it's much easier to uh, run portfolios through CDS and they remain a great thing to go and trade, we're rather nervous that liquidity becomes much more concentrated than it has been in the past. And as some of the people, some of the existing investors leave the market. Well, thanks very much for sharing your views with us, Matt. And thank you for joining us for this Take 15. Copyright 2010, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.